Well, here we go again. Welcome, welcome to the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. It's Tina Constant here. And uh, as always, the waffle is down in the show notes, or you can get it by visiting www.tinaconstant.com. But right now, we're jumping right into this week's story, which is called The Oracle. Now, Jack was a good listener. Since he was a child, he found his greatest entertainment came from listening to the people around him. His most interesting days were when the oracle came to visit. The oracle was a tall, grey man with a pinched nose and watery eyes. Jack's instincts were not to like or trust the man, but his parents were always so pleased when he came around that Jack thought it was wise to listen to what he had to say. And so he listened, and he watched, and what he saw confused him. Every time the oracle came to visit, he bought his own firewood. The craggy old man refused to use the house supply, which it seemed to Jack the people were exceedingly grateful for. Oh, his parents would say, the oracle is so thoughtful to bring his own firewood, oh, such a gracious man. But Jack couldn't help noticing that the oracle's firewood always burned blacker than the firewood Jack gathered for his family in the forest. And the oracle's fire always, without fail, left a layer of thick ash and dust in the house, so much so that the days between the oracle's visits seemed to be filled with cleaning and scrubbing and tidying up. So to Jack it seemed that all his parents ever did was entertain the oracle and then clean up after him. So it was that when the oracle came to visit, Jack always made sure that he was outside. He would listen to the oracle, he thought, but he didn't need to breathe the old man's air. Standing outside as he did, Jack began to look around and he noticed his parents weren't the only ones cleaning up after the oracle. Every time the man visited, the whole village seemed to stop their useful work so that they could clean up the ash the man left behind. Some people grumbled about the mess, but they still invited him in. What was even more insane to Jack was that even though the people knew how bad the kindling was that the oracle burned, they still let him burn it in their homes and in their fireplaces. To Jack, it was like the world was mad. And if this was happening in his village, what about the village down the road? So the next time the oracle came to visit, Jack left his parents to entertain him and he took a shortcut through the woods to the neighboring village. And sure enough, there they were, cleaning up the smoke and the ash and the dust that the oracle had left behind. Now, you have to understand, this life was the only life Jack knew. 
But even though he didn't know what was out of place, he was sure that there was something wrong with how things were. And so Jack did the only thing he could do. He followed the oracle. Did the man go from town to town? Was this all he did? Where did he rest? Did he have a home? Staying well behind so as not to be spotted, Jack followed the tall man out of the village, through the next village and into the forest. The day was getting late and the sun was going down, but still Jack followed. The man didn't seem to need a light to know where he was going. Like the path into the depths of the forest was one that he often took. Staying hidden in the trees, Jack kept on going. He only paused when he heard voices and laughter. Not happy camper laughter, but hard, sarcastic sniggers. Climbing into the branches of a tree, Jack peered into a clearing to see a dozen grey men all standing together. It wasn't shining eyes that made Jack pause. It was the fact that the fire against which they warmed their hands was clean and bright. It gave off hardly any smoke at all and left only the smallest amount of ash on the ground. Jack held tight to the branch as he listened. First, one of the oracles boasted about how he got an old lady to hand over half her land. Another oracle scoffed and said, well, he had got a whole village to the south of the mountains to give him all of their livestock. A third oracle laughed and said that was nothing. He got a village to offer their firstborn children in exchange for a good harvest. The oracles chuckled and sniggered and then fell quiet. We might have a problem, one said. We are keeping them busy cleaning up the ash, that's true. But I noticed neighbors are helping neighbors. After a brief discussion, while they licked fat off the roast pig they were devouring, one of the oracles said, It's time to divide and conquer. Ideas, gentlemen, please. And so the ideas began. We need to break the connection between people. We need to break relationships, break trust, break affection. We need them isolated and alone, scared and busy with mundane tasks. And the oracles laughed. By dawn... They all disappeared back into the forest, heading into the villages they planned to visit, all with bundles of wood in their arms, leaving Jack appalled and terrified by what he had seen. When Jack finally got home, he knew that something was wrong. Doors were closed, windows were barred shut, 
And when Jack stepped into his kitchen, his mother told him to never, ever speak to old lady Drabbit again. Why? Jack asked. Because she's dangerous, his mother said and would say no more. Instead, she hunched over and swept and swept and swept up the ash. Jack tried to tell his parents what he had seen in the forest, but they wouldn't listen. He tried to tell his neighbours what he had heard, but they refused to let him in. How could he get through to these people? How could he get around their oracles when their deceit was so powerful? How could he show people what was happening when the ash was so thick in their eyes? Once again, Jack did the only thing he could do. He packed his bags and he left. His parents were so busy cleaning up after the oracle that they didn't even notice him go. Jack travelled anywhere his feet would take him. He needed to think. He needed to clear his head. He needed to see where the sun really rose and where it set, not where he was told it did. He needed to see the real origins of the river that ran through his village, not the rumour of it. He needed to wash the ash off his face, out of his ears and out of his eyes. And as he travelled, he spoke to everyone he met. And he listened. And the people on the road shared stories. And Jack continued to listen. By the time Jack reached the mountaintop, where he could see the sunrise and the sunset... And he dipped his face in the clean, clear water at the source of the river that ran through his village. He knew what to do. He wrote all the stories he heard on the road. A hundred stories, a thousand stories. Then he travelled from town to town and he told those stories. Part of every story was the journey he had taken through the valley, through the forest, up the mountain, to the source of the river. Now, because these were just stories, the oracles dismissed them and they ignored Jack. And that was fine. Jack just smiled and kept telling stories until some people began to listen Then those people began to tell the stories, and people listened to them. And slowly, like the roots of a great vine, the stories spread underground, under the feet of the oracles, and into the hearts and homes of the people. And the more rooted the stories became, the more the people listened. And so the tales spread until they connected every home, framed every doorway, absorbed the smoke and ash from every fire, and shut the oracle out. Confused by the turn of events, the oracle strode into the forest with Jack not far behind. There was no pig on the spit that night. In a fury, the oracles all told how the villagers were no longer listening to them. They weren't doing what they were told. So, the oracle said, 
How do we break them? And then, to Jack's horror, he heard his name. Because the oracles didn't wield control by accident. They had generations of experience bending people to their will. And Jack wasn't the first upstart that they had to destroy. And so in quiet whispers, the oracles schemed and planned. They studied Jack's stories and they used them against him, twisting them and spinning them until they were lies. When the stories were retold by the oracles, Jack was painted as an evil, conniving, spoiled devil boy who lied and stole children from their beds. And because people had short memories and loved a good story with an evil villain, they soon forgot Jack's version and let the oracle and his firewood back into their homes. The fires, stacked with the oracle's kindling, burned so thick and hot that the smoke and ash filled the air around the village until people couldn't see further from their own feet. Blinded as they were, fear loomed large in every home. Jack was not exempt. His eyes burned until he was forced to close them tight. It was then, in pain and in darkness, that he sat quietly and listened again. This time, through the smoke and the chaos, he heard the burbling river that ran through his village. That was his path. That would lead him to the mountaintop. That would save him. And so he followed it. Step by step, he followed the river through the valley, through the forest, into the mountains. The higher he got, the clearer the air became, the deeper he could breathe and the further he could see. And by the time he got to the source of the river, he almost cried with joy. Because there, washing the ash from their faces, were 100, 200, 300 people, more than half the village. They had remembered the stories about the path that led to the mountaintop where the sun rose and the sun set and the source of the river bloomed. And there, in the light, they retold their stories and sorted the lies from the truth. They remembered them all and with that knowledge they went back into the smog and the smoke to try to get the rest of the village to find their way to the mountaintop where the air was clear. Now here's the truth of it. The oracles didn't disappear. If anything, they redoubled their efforts. And as more and more people saw these grey men for what they were, they understood their tricks and cons and stopped letting them burn their rotten firewood in their hearths and homes. <laughs> 
that's it from the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast for today. All right. Oh, my gosh. I'm off for a cup of tea. <laughs> Have a spectacular, beautiful week. Uh, drop into the show notes for the waffle. Um, go to www.tinaconstant.com. There's even more waffle there. And sign up for the fireside. I'd love to see you there. Uh, that's it. Go and hug the people you love. Uh, look at the world with clear, bright eyes. And um, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. <laughs>